back to the show. Uh, Doug is back. Normally, normally I would space out my season binges, so we wouldn't have like season one and season two of Arrow back to back, like it's about to be. Right, but you're an Arrowhead. You're an Arrow I'm addict. Just, I'm just blasting yeah, through yeah, yeah. the Arrowverse right, right now. So as we sit down to record season two of Arrow, I've actually already watched season three of Arrow and season one of The Flash because I'm just. <laughs> I'm I'm watching this at like with speed force. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you've held. You haven't seen season four, uh, so year four. That's the way that I like in your right. guy. They describe him as year one, year two, year three, year four. Right. That comp that that way you don't have to get season two of Legends of Tomorrow. Season right four. Exactly. You just say year. You've seen all of year two and all of year three. Yes. You haven't seen any of year four. Right. And you're I'll, gonna you're gonna hold there. I'm gonna try to hold Do there. Your best. But, uh, the, so the problem is that I've been like having a lot of sick days in the last month, uh, yeah, and it's like I you, can't get off the couch and do anything. And Arrow has been there for me. You need you to know? find something else to binge in yeah. the meantime. Yeah. I did watch Stranger Things season three and yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Nice. Did you watch that? Uh, yeah, I did. I liked it. I liked yeah, it a lot. It was great. Yeah. I'm actually gonna do an episode about that, so yeah. we don't need it's to talk as about good that. Season one but it's at least as good as season two i for me i enjoy that show i just said we don't need to talk about this because i'm gonna do a whole podcast yeah, but i lured you i in. enjoy that show more every season oh gotcha sure and i that's fair i don't know why because i feel like i feel like it is lower quality each season yeah but it's but very li- fun but i like it more it's like yeah it's like the reasons that i like arrow so I was much gonna say, it's arrow versus like that where yeah. it's just like whatever it is you like or don't like there's more of it later <laughs> yeah oh and something else i should say off the top of the show is that uh it, yes i did record a long reaction to the star trek picard trailer oh, i just sure. did it with doug <laughs> yes and we did it live on youtube as part of doug space nine so yep. if you want to hear that it is living on youtube um because I, I might actually try to cut that audio and put it in this podcast sure. feed because it feels weird to not have that reaction in this podcast So what feed. I'm hearing you tell your audience is, you know what? Don't race off to YouTube. It might show up here. Well, you should race off to YouTube because we watch... <laughs> but it also might show up here. <laughs> we It might show up here too, but... Um, <laughs> you get to watch us on YouTube. It's more fun to watch it because we have the trailer up on screen with us and we like go through it and pause and talk about everything. It's really fun. If you're going to wait until it shows up here as a podcast, definitely go watch the trailer so you know what we're talking about when yes. we talk about it. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, so that's why that wasn't the very next thing that came out on the podcast feed. But it does exist already, and you can go <laughs> hear it right now on YouTube. Super fans, jump it ahead. may or may not be in this podcast feed, but we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Doug and I are definitely going to be covering Star Trek Picard. <laughs> we're on it. Don't worry we about it. On it, <laughs> and definitely on if on my you YouTube. You were worried. Page. You would not get to hear how enthusiastically I love Star Trek Picard. Yeah, it, it's definitely happening on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast and you're subscribed to the feed and you want it here, definitely let me know. Um, if I don't hear from people about that, I'll probably just keep it on YouTube. But I might experiment. And you know, if you like it, let me know. You can always contact me, sci-fi at jessemercury.com. Okay, we are jumping in to Arrow, Arrow season two, and I'm gonna try. Bow-row. I'm gonna try not to talk about season three, uh, or talk about the Flash at all. I'm gonna yeah. try to pretend well, no, that I haven't seen it we yet. We do need to talk about the Flash. Oh, because that's true. Because the Flash is like yeah. a pervasive background character sure. throughout all of season two. Which I mean, is the really TV show, the TV show that doesn't start till year three. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, let's dive into season two of Arrow. They, what out of the gate? I feel like it was really quick that they were like, "We're bringing superheroes into this world." Like the whole stuff about the particle accelerator, yeah. I feel like was hinted at sure. early in the season. Yeah, they were planting stuff about that 
really, really early yeah. on. And, and you see Barry within what, like seven or eight episodes of the season? Yeah, then, pretty right, early. Then, then he, then he, the, yeah, he comes back to uh, attach emotion again. Then he leaves, and then that's when he's in the accident that just sort of like happens off screen. You just right. hear about it. So uh, what I didn't know going into season two is that we were actually going to see Barry Allen become the Flash in season two of Arrow. I for- I did not know that. I forgot, and that's why when we were talking about it off mic, I was like, yeah, I think next year two is going to be flash and arrow i forgot that it was yeah flash and arrow but only Only on arrow Arrow, yeah yeah and you know now that i'm watching season three i know that they're doing that with adam exactly which is so cool with ray palmer we'll talk about that next time yeah 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 uh but i fucking love ray palmer oh my god there's a a lot to talk about ray palmer that you can't talk about yet because i live in a future you have not yet experienced that's true it's so funny because you've seen it all yeah. But I'm ahead of you in my current watch through, but I've never seen it before. Right. Do so, you care about generic spoilers? Well, I've gotten like, I've who, gotten several generic spoilers. Who's on which shows? So I Is know that a spoiler, the structure of the shows. I know a lot about who's on Legends of Tomorrow that I shouldn't know. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um and I know a few spoilers about Arrow that I shouldn't know. Right. Because right. like as soon as I for a while. Because as soon as I looked up one thing about Arrow, my phone started feeding me spoilers <laughs> in my news feed because it thinks it knows me, but it doesn't fucking know me. I don't know Arrow. I'm not asking you to teach me about Arrow. Right. I'm not asking you to tell me Oh well here's a spoiler for Arrow season eight that I now right, have. So if right, you don't right, want right. to hear this, close your ears. <laughs> but I, I know that uh Emily, Oh wait, I haven't seen season eight. It's not out yet. I know. Right. Don't tell me a spoiler for season okay. eight. Okay, it's a casting spoiler about even f- someone who's not coming back to the show. So I won't tell oh, you if you don't want to hear I know that. Yeah. Okay. That's no, I don't care about that kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. yeah so then the spoiler is happening now. Um, because also, so-and-so is not coming back to the show means so-and-so will be guest spotting definitely in sure. the future. Yeah, but basically, I, I my phone told me that Felicity is not coming back in season eight. And I'm just like, well, that sucks. Right. And I don't know like how we it's get to that point. seasons. I mean, seven sure. seasons. You say it sucks, but... Come I mean, on. as someone who's at the beginning of the show and can't imagine it working without Felicity, it feels weird to know that she won't be there in the last season. Yeah. Because, like, when you look at Babylon 5 and you look at, uh, um, what's her name, Ivanova not being in there in the last season, yeah. it just really, it really, like, cast a long shadow over the whole season that yes. I never got over. Yeah. this It could be, a, it depending on what they do with it, it could be, like, really jarring, but I feel like they show through other Arrowverse shows that there's a lot of configuration changes that can happen. Yeah. And even Arrow itself, spoiler changes, I'd say fairly drastically over its run, you know? Yeah. It's already kind of doing that in ways that I'm really digging. Yeah. Um, but, but in season three, so we I got we got to focus season on season two. two here. So season two follows the pattern of season one, where there's a flashback to the past to Leon Yu to right. the island right. that develops th- as basically one ish one and a half long like an episode's d- divvied up and yeah. shown as flashbacks during the season right and the story this time is that oliver is working with sarah who we learned He's actually alive, survived right? and so you get the you get the actor switch for sarah oh was there an actor switch oh, season one and two i time. i was which gonna I, check and which i, I never check. knew but of course i watched season one and i'm like i know what's going on with sarah when everyone's like crying their stupid eyes out i'm like she's alive right first of all so calm down right and, and also she gets a face change yeah she's like a brunette it's is it's, she it's drastically different. i should go back and check yeah. that i forgot to check it, that it's enough where it made me laugh out loud and then they even refilm a scene with like when, right when she's in the bed and she slides out they and they're talking back to the future yeah 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 yeah, so I I love that Sarah was still alive. I thought that was great. I mean, that yeah, it's too, it's it's total comic book stuff. It's too good of a story. Like 
it's like fertile story area that you right. have to go into because it's too hard not to. Like yeah. the whole idea that um, not only was she alive, but Oliver knew she was alive right. and then lied to Laurel and to Quentin about it. Right. It's just, I mean, it's just great. Like, why did he lie? Because he thinks that she actually did die later, but right. he didn't want them to know that she survived a little bit. Yeah. Just like he didn't want his family to know that his dad had survived a little bit before killing himself. Yep. So I, I love that this show is, you said this on the last podcast and it's so true that this show is built on the lies that people tell each other right. and the secrets they keep from each other right. and how those things are all kind of interplaying with each other. Right. And, and what was the end? Uh, uncovering other people's secrets. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes it's solving a mystery of the week, the monster of the week, how to defeat the thing. Sometimes it's like, if there's like a big bad, then it's like investigating that, making incremental things. So it's like keeping their secrets and uncovering other people's secrets. Yeah. And among themselves, where there's like, I'm suspicious of so-and-so. Well, what about is so-and-so good or bad? You right. Know? And for me, it was interesting to watch a second season of this show because... That played out so beautifully in the first season, and right. I just had no complaints about it. And season two did not play out as well for me personally. Right. As far as like the the deafness with the deafness with which the story had been weaved together, yep. was not there for me for season two. For season two, yeah. So, um, and in several different ways, but I still really enjoyed it. And I'm so glad that I have now seen season three because season three totally worked for me. Gotcha. On gotcha. so many levels, I really love season three. Yeah. Otherwise, if we'd record this podcast right after I saw season You'd two, real I was like, oh, no, it's only a one good season. That's a bummer. Which is so funny because, I don't know, like, um, I tend to, that's my, my, my nature is to go in much more, like, enthusiastic about a thing, you uh -huh. know? And uh, it takes a lot for it to be like, oh, I'm bummed out, let yeah. down, you know? I went into season one so enthusiastic and rode yep. that all the way through. And yeah. then, <laughs> See, uh, I think season two, I, I think you're going to have the experience that I think you're going to have with Discovery. If you rewatch it. Yeah, you watch all yeah. up to year eight or whenever they stop this monstrosity yeah. and jump back and watch year one, year two, year three, you'll be like, all right, you know what? This is a pretty good ride. Because yeah. it is, it ramps into what it becomes. And I will say that the end of season two was thrilling and yeah. I loved it. And yeah, I, the whole, I felt like, like they really stuck the landing att attack of the Jason's. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. hockey mask monsters. Yeah. Uh, Deathstroke and all of his right. lookalikes showing up and attacking the city, the Miracuru virus, the, Miracuru virus, the way yeah. that that all uh, played out. I really liked. I like it's how it the way they, the way the they got there. What, was very meandery, and yeah. also the there's like this one critical plot point of this season, which is that Slade Wilson thinks that Oliver Queen is responsible for Shadow's death, right? Uh, because which is weird because it's a difference of opinion of the facts. It's straight up not what happened. Like what happened is that Oliver was given an opportunity to choose if Shadow or Sarah would live or die. Right. And he made no decision. He ran at the guy holding the gun and like got on Falls the ground in front of Sarah. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Right. But like he falls to his knees in front of Sarah. Right. So so the argument is he chose to protect Sarah with his body. I guess, but to me it just played as like Oliver couldn't make the decision and right. did not make a decision. What's, what's my and then the guy just I don't remember the guy's name, but he just chooses to kill Shadow. Yeah, Ivor. Ive Ivor Ives Professor Ives, Professor yeah, Ivor. Yeah, something like that. He, so he's a character from DC that is sure. totally different oh, in okay. this. It's just referential. Hmm. The The ship is called the... Uh, oh, I forgot. The, I... Not the Bizarro, the Amazo. Amazo, yeah. Right. So in the comic books, DC comic books, this is something that I learned Is it is later. Is there like an Amazo virus or something? There's an Amazo creature who's like an amalgam. He can like absorb powers from other... 
superheroes. Oh, so they fight. It's okay. like the Justice League fights him and he's a robot, but he's got like Superman's powers and Wonder Woman's powers. And oh, Batman's right, right. Kid. Okay, he picks cool. up everything. Yeah. And then he was made by a mad scientist whose name is Dr. Let's say Ivor. Okay. And so in the show, Dr. Ivor is the Mirakuru experimenter and his ship is called the Amazo. So it's just like they could have named them anything arbitrary, but they just happened to use references to yeah. DC. Uh, I love that. Lore. I think that's Me too. Fun. I think that's I think fun. it's great. Yeah. Cause I recognized the Mazo and I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but I think I read a justice league story that had a yeah. Mazo in it. Yeah. Because what you just said brought back some, I've read, I've read quite a bit of justice league and it is all blended together so much to the point where I don't quite know what I remember or right. not. Right. But I did remember, um, this is another season three thing. Of, well, season one of Flash, actually. Captain Cold yes. was in this uh, New 52 crossover thing that I read. Oh, season two is where you start getting all the 52s dropped. Did you notice oh, that? Oh, yeah, Channel 52. I Channel yeah, 52. I noticed the, that. Uh, Quentin is like DC 52, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. I like that. And then if you look, it gets really... Uh, maybe it's the reading too much into it, but you start to see it like the way they hide it in... There's other movies like I think the the Pixar has like some studio number uh-huh. that they put hidden in a bunch I, of things. I know what you're talking about. They yeah. do that in I think they're doing that in Arrowverse where they're putting 52s in different places. Totally, it's used. Like I love that a yeah. lot. I love that. Um, but so Captain Cold. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, back to season two. Back to season two. <laughs> um, okay, so we have this whole thing happening on the island with the Mirakuru virus, where Slade Wilson gets infected with it and yep. t- turns into like a superhuman. Right. And then the bad guy tells him, tells Slade that it's Oliver's fault that Sarah was killed. Right. I'm sorry, that Shadow was killed. And then Oliver basically tells him that that's true, but it's not. And it's like, that's not what happened. And he never sits, he never sits Slade down and says, this is what happened. He asked me to choose and I couldn't. Yeah. The thing is that all he had to do was to listen to fucking Sarah who said, no, dummy, keep your gross mouth shut right let's not talk about this this goes right. in the vault it's them for the like third or fourth time arguing about whether he should endanger their lives to confess something that didn't happen right to a homicidal maniac it doesn't make While sense they're arguing about it slate overhears it right so he's not even that he does it but he won't fucking listen to sarah's sound advice Right. And if he had not talked about it, mm. it also just doesn't quite make sense because like, because it's not what happened. And Oliver goes back and forth throughout the season saying, I did this and this isn't what happened. Like he says both ways. Yeah. So he obviously knows that it wasn't what happened, but he like takes the blame for it for some reason out of guilt or whatever. I think this is a bit of like maybe too complex of an emotional story that they just kind of fumbled. Yeah. This should be Oliver wrestling with like, I fell down in front of Sarah or right. I was going to protect Sarah. Was I a failure? And I was just bum rushing him and I tripped and I fell in a random direction. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I didn't even notice that he was in front of Sarah until you said it. Like, I don't even notice that. I just thought that he just like kneeled down in front of the guy and he just, because the guy as, chose shadow as they were leading up to this. I was like, okay, you were paying attention. I was like, this what time. the fuck happened? Right. Because when I watched it the first time, I was like, wait, did I, did they, I was picturing a like choose and then he says something. I'm like, I don't remember that. Right. But I didn't bother to go back and like watch, Me neither. you know? So this time I was like, it's like the Sarah character in season one where I'm laser focused. Like I know a thing that's going to be different or weird or important. Right. So I want to focus on it. Right. Like when you watch the different actors and in season it's one. It's annoying how they kind of bullshit their way. It's like they need Slade to be mad that Oliver somehow is responsible for Shadow's death and they, uh, they, they, 
that's their goal and right. they work backwards from that right and it doesn't quite work out and then they try to plow forwards through it right. with them justifying it as they go it's like right and no. it never it, it never landed for me and it, it, was, it right and it was the core emotional it was a super thing it, was a, it was a load of bearing. the entire season yeah and it really made the whole story kind of this like weird morass of of weird emotions that yelling, i could not follow because it's Oliver sense. yelling bad ideas to yeah. people and not listening when they yell good ideas at him. Right. That's like so much of season two. You know what, Diggle? They just get the fuck out. Right. And everyone's like, oh, dude, dude, chill. And he's like, yeah, uh -huh, I mean, I am absolutely not going to chill. That's such an interesting theme of this show that Oliver, Oliver knows best. And like people tell him. So doesn't. People tell him the right thing to do all the time. And he's just like, we're not doing that because this is my way. And this right. is my crusade. And yeah. we have to do this in the most painful ass backwards way possible. Yeah. And then a bunch of people die because he made the wrong call. And then he's like, but we still saved the city. Yeah. I'm like, Did you? I mean, really? this is the second year in a row where you saving the city, man. A lot of people died. Oh, my God. I, oh, Yep. So, okay, so that yep. was, like, the core emotional thing of the whole season, yeah. and it did not land for me, and it really, really affected my enjoyment of the entire season. And I enjoyed this season more the second way through because mm -hmm. I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I get what Arrow is, and yeah. this kind of thing, now, when I look, like I said, I look back and I watch, I'm like, oh, I see what they wanted. They wanted it to be this conflicted thing like what did happen right nobody can say what happened and it's one interpretation versus another that but it has life or death consequences and yeah. they just muddled doing that and then i was fine with the rewatch cool yeah, but, yeah I mean, it was will, really yeah. obnoxious already having watched season three i'm much more forgiving of season two yeah um, it, absolutely yeah the other thing that really <laughs> bothered me about this this plot point was that slade wilson is was one of my favorite characters in season one. He's Absolutely. amazing. Yeah, he's really incredible character. I think he's great in season two. Well, the actor's fantastic. Yeah, but oh, the problem I is that, that man. the problem is that for me anyway is that he is infected with the Mirakuru virus. Yep. He goes a little crazy. Yeah. He's seeing Shadow, and that's like driving him insane, and right. that's why he's like making such a big deal out of all this. Right. But then they cure, being they cure like him. Really shitty. Like the the turning point of the season at the very end is when they cure him of the Mirakuru virus, so he loses his super strength. But then he doesn't revert back to how he used to be. Because like when Roy gets infected with the Mirakuru virus and they cure him, he reverts back to how he used to be. Mm -hmm. And Slade Wilson doesn't at all. And right. I was like, well, maybe with time he will, but no, he doesn't. No, like he just no, no. like in season three when I saw him again, he like doesn't revert at all. It's because Slade Wilson is kind of a dick. Like he was really cool to Oliver, who was his friend. And then something pissed him off, and now it's like, you're my enemy. And I think the Mirakuru has nothing to do with it other than suddenly I have all these powers. My brain's a little scrambled, but it's it's how I'm reacting to being mad at you. Yeah. So then even once his powers are gone, uh, he still believes the thing that he was led to believe, which is, you killed this woman I love, mm -hmm. so I'm still pissed at you, and I'm still going to go about trying to hurt you. Sure. I, I guess I would buy that if... And I, this is, again, season three stuff that I shouldn't have seen at this point. But what, he, there was an episode with Deathstroke in season three. And he is the exact same person he was uh, in, like, the present day stuff in season right. two when he was infected. Right. I wish that there had been a third version of him that had been infected by Mirakuru for a long time and then uh, had been cured of it. And now is, like, still holding on to his anger, but is a little more rational. Right. and. 
I but, wish that they had like developed him into something. But they might do that. You don't know that. Sure. And you know. I just know that they haven't done that yet. Also, as soon as you did, I'm like, do they do that? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really hope they do because to me, like, I feel like I still like him, and I still like when he's on screen, and I'm, yeah. I wish there was more of him. But I'm I did, positive... I did not enjoy seeing him anywhere near as much as I did in the first season. Oh, I liked him more in this one because I love the difference between Island. Uh, Deathstroke, Island Slade Wilson, and present day Slade Wilson. I love that too. I mean, which was yeah, also great because this was a strong tie-in like business between business the flashback. Man. Yeah, evil Business businessman man Slade yeah. Wilson was awesome. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. I yeah. just, it just really started to bother me that like he's just carrying forward this blood feud over something that he does wasn't there, didn't see, doesn't yeah. actually know he's what gonna, happened. They gave they gave weak sauce to his origin story. Yeah, I mean Oliver's is weak sauce too, but at least he's trying to do good with it, right? I don't. I like Oliver's origin story. I don't, my, what, what's weak sauce about? I don't it? know. My dad wanted me to kill these people. I think I don't well, know. What I love about it is that we are getting bits and pieces about why he became the Arrow. Yeah. In every season. Yeah. And we're learning more. It's like his origin story is going to take eight years to tell, from as far as <laughs> right, I can tell, right, right, right. or at least five years. Five, like because he five, has five years on the island. Five years on the and island. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Is each Arrow year, year yeah. one was what year one on the island? Arrow right. year two, year two on the island. And it just so happens that the adversaries he faced in each year come back in sequential order. Yeah. Yes. Every year. Yeah. Like <laughs> year, year two on the island was the Mirakuru virus, and then and year two in Central City, it's year. the Mirakuru virus. You know why? Yeah, I know why, because it's a TV show. Oh, I was going to say, time is a flat circle. <laughs> or what is, what is the, uh, uh, all the, this has all happened before, this will all happen again? This is from like Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but those those types of structural things with the show, I see through and I'm like, but that's okay. Like, right. I, liked, I like the show. I like what right. you're doing with it. And, and you're using this as a framework and it's working for me. So let's keep doing it. And one thing we can talk about, because you've seen a little bit of season three, is that you can see that they do start to change that a little bit. Right. In what they, how they approach the flashback. Right. They, they've established we're doing a flashback plus modern time uh-huh. structure. And so then this flashback, it's still structured the same, but the story is like vastly different. Right. He's like not on the island. He's in Hong Kong. Right, right, right. Right. And I loved it. Yeah. And and like the people from his time in Hong Kong showed up in his real life in current day. Yeah. But I loved it. So right. I didn't care. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I this is now something I expect. Right. I want you to keep doing it. Even yeah. though it was kind of annoying at first. I'm like, well, now I now I need it. And if you don't do it, I'll it's be interesting because it gives side stories and B story characters um more weight, more emotional weight. Like yeah. you see the context for why somebody might be angsty over this, like totally. who might normally be the guest star of the week. Right. You and know? you don't understand the totality of why until the end of the season, yeah. which is so cool. And they did that in season two, but in ways that again, just didn't quite work for me. Cause that one main moment was so confused in its delivery. Yeah. Yeah. It's still the weakest part of season two. Even like I said, even on the rewatch, even with me being charitable, it's still at a basic level, just made me mad about kind of lazy. This, 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 hits my limit of how forgiving I am for CW genre fiction, especially superhero type shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is like, Oh God, you can't, hide the pipe you know what i mean it's gotta yeah. be you this just is now like here's the next piece of the script that moves forward right yeah Ugh. that's how it felt to me yep. so it was a little disappointing yeah and goal oriented again i'm so glad i've seen season three now because season three um was like the same show as seasons one and two but showed me 
I needed to see three full seasons of it to understand what the show was, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, And how the show was going to continually reinvent itself in ways that were going to tell one story. Right. And I needed to be patient, give them time to, to see tell that me they will do that. the whole thing, because they've got a whole thing planned out, and you can tell that they do. It's sort of planned out, but it's year planned out. Right. Like, like at some point, Oliver Queen has to end up in Russia to join the, the, <laughs> the Russian... Bratva. The Bratva, yeah. yeah. With, what's his name? I don't remember Anatoly. Anatoly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that has to happen. He has to right. learn Russian. And now that we've seen him, you know, go to Hong Kong. Well, <laughs> I keep Yuck. talking about season three stuff. Um, but there's a lot of slow threads that they're that they're pulling on. You right, know? right. And if you are paying attention, you can start to guess what we're going to be seeing in the next season. Well, yeah, it's actually interesting because once you sort of see the pattern of how Arrowverse works, you can start to get a sense of like, oh, this character comes in. This is going to, you know. Yeah. Uh, like the Ray Palmer saying that, like, right. This is what they do. They right because they, they they weave in these new people. I knew that he was in Legends of Tomorrow as the Adam. Right. So if a, if, so, a, if a rich dude who builds super suits in the comic book shows up in what feels like, oh, I just own the main character's company. Yeah. He's probably going to be around a little bit. Right. <laughs> totally. It's. I mean, and, but the, yeah, most the woman shows... that tried to buy his company. <laughs> oh right. Only uh, Summer, Summer Glau. She. W- uh, she only had like 50% and she was in the whole season. Yeah. And I loved her character. That was I loved her character. It yeah. was so cool to see her in the show. First of all, cause yeah. she's obviously river from firefly and I yeah. love her. Um, and uh, the, she's the, the terminator, terminator in the Saracona Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, her character whose name I don't remember was really interesting how yeah. she was just kind of manipulating all of her the whole time. Isabel. Yeah. yeah. And she like sleeps with him at one right. point and just like does so many things to not be trusted. Yeah. But then he continues to trust her for some reason until she that he slept with her. <laughs> until it turns out that she's like working for Deathstroke. And right. it's like, well, you're an idiot, Oliver Queen. <laughs> um, Oliver Queen is still the person that though uh, hypothetically, season three we should give Isabel a chance. <laughs> ah, totally. I know. If she wasn't dead, I guess right. that would be Um Yeah, but I loved her storyline. that was something that really worked for me was um her like business machinations and yes. how they played out yeah it was an interesting again showing like two worlds that then weave together and then her being in- infected with the mirakuru virus and getting right. to kick some ass was great like if you, if you have summer glau she's so she's so great with movement like right. physical movement you should use her for that See, and here's another thing there's another character infected with slate is the odd man out in terms of what we're looking at as the reaction to mirakuru totally because yeah R- rory got mad roy roy i was thinking of uh dr who Oh, right. Yeah, Rory. Rory. Redhead Rory. Yeah. Roy gets mad, turns into Red Roy, Ray Roy, Red Roy, Red Roy, Roy. But not bad and not bad. And then Summer Glau, Isabel, she just seems pissed off, but not like psychotically or misdirectedly pissed off. Slade is just the the one where it's like, let's blame it on the Mirakuru. Yeah, well, maybe let's blame it on Slade. I felt like uh, Roy and Isabel both became violent in a way that Slade became vi- more violent when he was infected. Okay. Like, it felt consistent to me. And when they were both... What was Isabel cured? I don't remember. I now. think they just killed her. They just killed her? Yeah, yeah I don't remember. When, I don't remember when Roy her. was cured, like his personality changed and then changed back. Changed and, back, And yeah. that's what I wanted with Slade, too. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Roy's arc in this season was really cool. Yeah. And I really liked watching him kind of become... Arsenal, a.k.a. the Red, Red Arrow, Arrow yeah. a.k.a. whatever. This is why I said in season one, if you know DC lore or if you Google it, like I often do when they introduce a character, I'm like, Google their name. Yeah. Google DC 
character name and you're like google dc roy harper the red arrow arsenal so you're like oh i know what they're gonna do with him and then you watch season one you're like oh assholes wearing a red hoodie yeah jumping through the first scene that he's in doing parkour so it's obvious that this is the character that they'll probably invest some in right deadshot you know deadshot's a, a, a a big dc character you know right yeah, and the Suicide Squad episode was so cool. So, and such an interesting take on Suicide Squad. Yeah, because it's such a, it's a, it's a weird concept. And I have not, I still haven't seen the movie, but apparently it didn't do that well. It was okay, but this felt like a real natural. And they're using villains that they've had. You know, it's a good way to bring in totally. You know, yeah. And another spoiler for season three is they do another with different villains yeah. that we've met. Yeah, because they kill like like Sean Mar- Sean Mayer was uh, one of the villains in Who's- season two. Um, he was, uh, also in Firefly. He was Simon in Firefly. I don't know who that means, but who, who was he in? What Arrow? was his villain's name? I don't remember. What did he do? What, what were his powers? Oh my God. I don't even remember. He's it's, just all, there. it's all already blurring together he's for just, me. He's just, but what he do was, you do with the Suicide Squad? I get killed. He was killed in the Suicide Squad episode, but he'd had an episode earlier in the season. Uh, I don't remember what he was doing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I loved all that stuff. I thought that all tied in together so well. I, and Amanda Waller on arrow yeah. is amazing such a great character so she's legs she's gams she's legs we yeah. didn't know that yeah, yeah, until yeah. season two i didn't know that either but i knew it this time when we were watching it and you're yeah. like whose legs i'm like yeah yeah it's, it's amanda waller that was so cool yeah and this this take on amanda waller is fascinating to me and i feel like the most interesting that i've seen although i guess i've only seen two right but the whole suicide squad in general like this amanda waller is one that i fear who yeah. i feel like she's doing no matter what it takes to get the job done she's even Nick if it's like Fury without totally the moral wrong thing core yeah, she or has compass. no moral compass at yeah, all yeah 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 she's but just still results, like results super driven. fucking tactical smart yeah but ruthless and badass like yeah i don't think her plans would be failures it would just mean like more people would die oh but yeah would, sure but they just, would definitely work <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like you're doing the wrong thing for the right reasons right and and in conflict with the other characters, they always want to take like a big gamble to have it not have right. as many people die. Right. Exactly. But if they fail, then yeah, a bunch of people do die. Right. Right. But Amanda Waller's plans have as much chance of failing as the arrows plans because you never know what's going to happen in these crazy situations. Well, I mean, if Paul, yeah, her plans are like, let's nuke a whole city. Right. Like that's obviously not a good idea. It's going to kill a bunch of people, but you know, <laughs> right. Like you, she's thinking like, if we can contain this virus, so it doesn't spread to the rest of the country. If we can nuke this one city, we right. can save the rest of the country. This is why superheroes and superpowers being a secret is a bad thing. Because if Amanda Waller knew of the existence of, you know, uh, any kind of supernatural aspect of a superhero world, she'd be like, you know what? Maybe you maniacs could pull this off. Right. Like, this is in your wheelhouse. Well, I mean, Superman's out there somewhere. Super- yeah, Superman yeah, exists. Superman oh. exists in this world. Well, no, we don't know that. I guess that's true. We, we don't know, know that Superman yet. exists in a well, DC multiverse. I have seen the first episode of Su- uh, Supergirl. Right, because Supergirl is year three. Is it? Um, or she year is four. Is it year four? Okay. It's not year three. I think it might be year four. But you did watch the pilot. Yeah, yeah. so I watched it when it came out. Um, I don't remember why. But right. anyway, I think I, I've seen like a couple episodes of Flash and Supergirl, I think, at my parents' place yeah. when I was visiting because my mom likes this stuff. It's an interesting thought because I... I she hasn't been mentioned yet mm-hmm. in Arrowverse, and eventually if she shows up, but I don't know if they ever say something like, we don't have a Supergirl on our Earth type thing, or there's a Supergirl on every Earth. Yeah, and they, they mentioned Superman in the pilot, and I don't remember exactly... Yeah, Superman's in... Superman exists 
in Supergirl's in Supergirl. world, which right. just if we're going to get into the nitty gritty, that was on CBS and it wasn't part of Arrowverse. Then it oh. got picked up by the CW. It starts and in then, another reality? Uh, it, Well, w- w- y- yes, in, in, like a, in a way. Okay. It starts in the CBS universe, which is separate from CW universe. I, I always then thought C- they were in one continuity and like well, one reality. Well, then CW picks it up uh-huh. and then... CW well, officially calls it Earth Three. Okay, and don't, have, don't tell me, don't tell me. I okay. want, I don't. That's actually really cool, and I want to see how that plays out. Gotcha. Um, so the one thing that I would say is that they do like a quick crossover, which is interesting. When it was CBS and CW, yeah, they do crossover cross networks. So because I, I knew they were in the same universe, TV universe, and I saw that Superman existed on Supergirl, right. I assumed that Superman existed in in the world that I've been watching, but I never considered that maybe Supergirl started in another reality or something. So yes, I, I yeah, don't yeah. want to know anything okay, else sorry. than that. Yeah. But, but that's really cool. I actually really Big like that. Structural spoiler. No, I really like that. Um, I actually, I've gotten several because it's like hard to avoid. Right. Like I know Crisis on Infinite Earths is happening. And I know it's happening, but I don't know the details of it. Yeah. I, I, the only details I know is they're bringing back anyone who ever played anyone in any DC show ever. Like <laughs> Burt Ward is going to be in it. As That's, Robin. It's perfect because it's, we can't talk about year three yet, but it's a hundred percent what they do out of the gate with year three. It year three flash right away is like, yeah, guess what we're going to do. Motherfuckers. Oh, I can't wait. I no, can't you've wait. already seen it. You've already seen the episode. Oh, you mean ep- season one of flash? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was just in, in year three, we of were saving time. I see. It. I see. But the whole yeah. idea of like, let's bring everyone who's ever played a DC. Right person on tv before into this oh show. sure and like mark hamill reprising his role as the trickster yeah the, from the, the guy playing the flash playing barry's dad oh they didn't even put that together yeah when that was the when i saw i watched that 90s one and then so then when i was watching the cw one i was like oh dude the flash's dad oh, is the fucking shit. flash oh my god so yeah there was a couple things that i didn't watch and one of them was year zero which right. was the old flash show because right. i'm like well this isn't in the continuity this it's is its own fun goofy thing yeah and it i mean how structurally do you want to get into all of this stuff uh the only thing i want to know is should i go watch that show maybe that's what i should do eventually while i'm trying to get you to catch up here's oh yeah if you no, listen if you want to get caught up watch constantine <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing is I Which tried. Is probably going to be bad. I tried Constantine. I tried one episode and I was like, I don't think I want to well, watch actually, this. Actually, you know what? Now I think you can watch it because you seem to have gotten faith of the heart of the Arrowverse. Where like you trust that the Arrowverse will do good things. Yeah. So you can watch Constantine and be like, I know this is bad. But and I know. But it was bad, like unenjoyably bad for me. Oh, uh, you don't like horror type stuff? I do. It's like... <sighs> Some you like, can't hate watch it. You can't bring yourself to hate watch it. I was just, I just found it a little boring. Gotcha. Oh, I see. It's not even it's just not even worth watching. It's just right. bad, bad. Right. I like like I like the actor who yep. played Constantine, and I know that he shows up. Right. And I know enough about Constantine that I feel like I when he shows up, I'll understand it well enough. I think I don't, he effectively shows I, up as a reboot, where it's like yeah, yeah I probably don't need to watch this. No, absolutely. Show. In in this same way, let's there we go. In that same way, you don't need to watch the nineteen ninety. 1990s cbs flash right it is interesting i think it's 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 like cheesy 90s superhero stuff well now that i know that that's the actor who played the flash yeah back then i'm much more inclined to want to watch i think i might just watch the mark hamill episode and see if i like it oh that's interesting yeah because it's that's a pretty good one and it looks yeah it looked cool i love the trickster episode that's why he screamed out loud during season one of flash because i 
loved oh, 90s Flash because yeah. that was like... That's so cool. For me, that's like, the, you know, that's me, what, like 20 years old? And yeah. they're like, they're putting comic books on TV and they're they're doing an okay... It's not great TV. I mean, it's what, but what the fuck was good 90s cheesy TV, you know? Right. It's cheesy TV for me with superheroes. Right. That's how I felt when I watched Smallville and like Dean Cain showed up. Yeah. Uh, they did a bunch of stuff like that. You were going to love Smallville. I when can't you wait. Watch yeah, it. I have You're going to gonna love it. It really is the blueprint for what yeah. the Arrowverse Right, except it's, it's like if it was in one show and you didn't have to follow like five right. different shows. Right. Which reminds that reminds me of Black Canary because um, oh, we see... Right. Because there's Black Canary in Smallville, but it's season two of Arrow. A huge part of the story is Sarah is the Canary. Right. And she's not called the Black Canary. She's just called Canary. Do they um, later start calling her Black Canary? They call Laurel Black Canary in season three. Okay, gotcha. Um, to differentiate between the first Canary. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get there next time. It's but, just like how Oliver has gone from the hood to the arrow. Right. Yeah. Um, which I really liked. I liked that he's like rebranding. Yeah. I thought that was great. And he kind of spread it around to the right people yeah. so it would get out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I loved Sarah as Canary. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was... A great story arc, and it brings in the League of Assassins, which is awesome. Um, the the uh, I was so into League of Assassins. most because I, I like it, yeah. what's her name, Nissa. Nissa Al Ghul is yeah. fantastic. Right. Her I, her intro scene where she like kicks yes. ass at the airport was amazing. Yep, and she's just this badass who like sweeps through town. Yeah, and when she I says Ra's Al Ghul, it's like yeah, I know me. it's so good. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, I really dug it. Yeah. Uh, and like I've seen several different iterations of Roz between like cartoons and comics and movies. Right, right. it's he's he's like a big character. Oh sure, yeah. If your Arrow show is arguably really just sort of like a reboot of Batman with Green Arrow flavoring, uh-huh. then you gotta grab a hold of someone like Raza Ghoul. I know, but you can't. You got to do a good job of it because you're like, yeah. you're basically again, you're stealing Batman. Yeah, totally. They really, really are. Which and is not a bad choice. No, I love it. It's great. It's a beautiful uh, choice. Yeah. And in season two, you don't see too much of the League of Assassins. They, yep. they just like keep coming through town. It's flavoring. Yeah. yeah. They're there in the background. But it, it really sets the groundwork for what they're going to do with it in season three, right. which is super cool. And then you come to find out that Malcolm Merlin was in the League of Assassins and right. they all like wear his same outfit and yep. he's alive. Yeah. And we get more John Barrowman. Yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was my thing that I said last time. I'm like, what I want in season two. One of the things I said was to find out that yeah. Malcolm Merlin is still alive. Right. And I was like, uh-huh. Well, and let's and see. it happened. Yeah. And it was so great. Yeah. And not only that, but we find out that Thea is Malcolm's daughter. Right. And then she finds out and like has this whole, that's a whole crazy right. arc. Which those are this is this season two. That's the other thing that sort of tries my patience is hmm. some of the back and forth of like, and I they do actually make jokes about it. Like, I can't keep track of who knows what now. Like, I think Felicity, right. Felicity is great for the meta jokes to the audience. Yes. And totally. that's one of those is like, I don't remember who knows the secret anymore totally and that season two is like oh god i need a fucking flow chart to who knows what about who it's you i don't people are arguing i'm like i know they're arguing about something like arrow season two is a pen and paper puzzle (laughs) yes yes which was frustrating but at a certain point i'm just like i'm just gonna go along for the ride and that's why a lot of the details got a little fuzzy for me i'm on my second watch and i'm still like yeah yeah, i don't remember who knows season one was just so clear it's clean it's It's clean yeah Yeah, it's such clean storytelling and that's part of why i loved it but here's the thing is that the arrowverse just mostly balloons as it goes right so like like i said the things you love and the things you hate there's more of that right as it goes forward totally 
and yeah and now that i've seen a little more of that it's i'm much more forgiving of what i didn't like about season two because they they built a lot of those things into things that i loved in season three so yeah that's great um they do great first forays into team here yeah where it's like look it's a whole squad of badasses right it's no longer batman by himself right it's like you know what if batman was like cool and formed teams yeah like you've got canary and you've got oliver and Sometimes Diggs out there with them. Right. I love how they keep making What's, jokes about how he needs to hide his identity. Well, yeah, Diggs' superpower is that he can shoot people with a gun and, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love that he's just, like, always out there in plain clothes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's so yeah. funny. Um, yeah, and, like, they're fighting the League of Assassins, and then, like, Malcolm's story gets tied up with theirs, how right. they're still coming from Malcolm, and they're going to try to punish his whole family. He's got to take Theo away to save her. And- right, he's, he's, it, Malcolm is the font of melodrama throughout yeah. so much of this, like, even as a villain in the background, just like, he's responsible in ways for a lot of these things that are going on. You yeah, know? which is awesome. Like, I, I wanted him as the big bad for the show, not just season one. Right. And it looks like I might get that. Like, I, I right. thought he was dead and I thought it was over, but now he's back yeah. and it's awesome. Right. It's it. just like a recurring big bad because he shares the limelight here with Slade. Sure. Who was portrayed as an ally through right. all of season one. And then there's also Alderman uh, Blood. Right, right, right. Sebastian. Sebastian Blood. Which also is another Felicity joke. Like, uh, yeah, of course he's a bad guy. Look at his name. Yeah. Isn't that suspicious? <laughs> what? Like, do you know anything about his character from the comics? Like, does... I looked this time and I was like, there is a brother blood. There is a Sebastian blood. But I was like, I I didn't really... I like... Even the stuff that I skimmed in Wikipedia didn't make me go, yeah, I want to learn more about this guy. Right. Well, for me, it was just like... Uh, batman's scarecrow yeah i think so yeah like, they just kind of made a scarecrow character because it looked a lot like him yeah i love that he was working for slade and like he was running for city council and there was all these layers to that character that it were really was cool. re- yeah i did like that as far as like he's like the henchman big bad the medium big bad he looks right. like the big bad until he's knocked down and there's other people behind him right but they did a good exploration of what arguably could be like the mirror of uh, Oliver. Oliver, Oliver Queen, yeah, yeah. Like this know. guy killed his own mother, right? He like put her. Well, he put her in an insane asylum and like said that it was his aunt or something, right? And was actually his mother, and then he ended up killing her. Yeah. So he is like a bad guy, but he does actually want to save the city. He right, he's on a he mission. He did have like right. some good intentions, right? Which he was has really a very cool. uh, beloved public persona. Yeah. Uh, he's doing things that other people would find morally questionable. You yeah. Know? It really is. Yeah, he just wants to get in power so he can do good, and he yeah. actually does want to do good. Right, but, but he he uses like Slade's Will, Slade Wilson like uses him right uh, his desire to be in power to kind of you know install his own power base in Starling right. City. And Slade just wants to watch the fucking place burn. Yeah, he just wants to destroy it to make Oliver angry. Right, like just because you killed Shadow. <laughs> I do love it. It's like super nihilistic. Like, what's your goal? I don't know. Just to fuck up the city. Yeah, just... totally. I just want to destroy everything you love. Right. Yeah. And all of that See, that's, stuff. That's was... what Amanda Waller didn't realize. Is like Slade only wants to destroy Star City. He's not going to go. Yeah. Yeah. The Miracu soldiers are going to run around. They're going to run to the next city, but like get the heroes from those cities to stop them. Like, who the <laughs> fuck are these people coming over to Coast City or Sun City or Patriot City? What are the Central City? <laughs> Central City. <laughs> Coffee City. Water City. <laughs> All Get your cities. local heroes off their asses to fight the Miracusal. No one calls Seattle Seattle City or like San Diego City. They call it Emerald City, which is where Green Arrow takes place a lot of times in the comics. Right, but Emerald City is a nickname. It's not the actual name of the city. That's a good point. And in, in the DC universe, all the cities are like Central Cities, Coast City, Starling right. City. But they do call Seattle Seattle in the Green Arrow comics. 
Okay. It's supposed to, he is supposedly out of Seattle. Oh, okay. That was like, you know, cool. uh, for whatever, I don't know when, I think someone just went green, emerald, northwest, well, woods. Well, I guess we're protected right now by... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, we live in a very dangerously scary place because it's just riddled with like people running guns and drugs and bioweapons and whatever. It's more like people running to yoga class and... <laughs> Running their tofu back and forth. Yeah, you only think that because of the good work that the people <laughs> on yeah, Team Arrow so. are doing. I do love tofu. It's so people like you can sleep comfortably in your beds. And eat your tofu. And eat your tofu. Now, people don't understand how good tofu can be. I certainly don't. It just seems like a gooey paste. No. Mm. we. This is... This this does not need to be on this. I would talk to you about tofu, but sure. we don't need to record it. Yeah. <laughs> no one else wants to hear that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't want to hear my opinion of it, which is like meat's better, so I'll never need to eat tofu. Well, it's not like uh, tofu doesn't have to be a meat substitute. It can just be its own good thing. Yeah, but what is it better than? I, it depends on how you pre- like tofu is like a it's like chicken in the way that um like people just make chicken taste wildly different depending yeah, on how yeah, they prepare yeah. it. And right. tofu like takes other flavor really well and is right. a good flavor vessel. Right. So if you like, like uh, PCC has this spicy tofu, it's like covered in stuff and like almost like it's breaded, but it's not. Sure. And it's like baked and it's, it's like delicious yeah, like toast, but mostly I like melted butter and right. It's cream like cheese. A, the yeah. bread is just there to bring me. Right. The like butter. Mexican food is just a vessel for salsa. Right. right. I just want to eat salsa. Right. And if I have carne asada fries to put that salsa on, right. I'm a happy camper. And see, now with salsa, I like certain types of salsa, but it depends on what's in it. Right. Tofu is like, it's not the flavor I have a problem with. It's the texture. It's like not a texture that I find aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Well, and even like baked, baked tofu has a completely different texture than I raw tofu. I like the mouth feel. <laughs> That's been your tofu minute. <laughs> um, okay. So in this season, there's also an arc about Felicity falling in love with Oliver. And Oliver may be falling in love with Felicity, but it's kind of... To me, season two was played that Oliver really was not interested in Felicity. He was just like in love with Sarah and Sarah was back and then he starts dating her and it's really awkward because Laurel's like, you told me she was dead and now you're dating her and we just had sex and this is weird. Right, um, but you, Laurel takes it way better than you'd expect her to. Yeah, yeah. Laurel, they do. Laurel's all over the emotional map on right. this one. You know. Yeah, she's hard to follow. Yeah, because isn't this one where they make her an alcoholic? Yeah, and yeah she yeah. goes through problems. Yeah, and yeah. I really didn't care about Laurel's story in this season. It's, I, Laurel is someone who I feel like could have been played better because you could play up that. It feels like they give short shrift to what sets her off to go down these like dark paths. Yeah, where it's just like you're you're being overly dramatic about stuff that. I think isn't that it's not a big deal, but it's not being portrayed enough to show how it affects you. Well, right. you know, right. And she, she's overly dramatic about so many things that you just, I started literally rolling my eyes when she would right. go on these like right. tirades. Thea does the same thing, but it's like, well, Thea is supposed to be a child, so it's okay. And I feel like it works for Thea. I don't know it why still bugs me. I like but, Thea a yeah. lot, but I, I know that Thea's, I know Thea changes, so yeah, that's the other I'm like thing. very invested in Thea, and I love Thea's relationship with Roy in this season. I thought it was great. I love yeah. how Roy basically like tricks her into breaking up with him, right? Because he's dangerous. He's like following Oliver's advice to keep Thea at a distance. Yep. Oliver just has all these ass backwards oh, ideas this. about oh, like like how how Roy to be in, in love with people. Well, and shooting Roy in the leg, right? How to be an adult? How to be a, a trainer? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like uh, Frank Miller's. 
run of Batman where he basically gets Batman and Robin together on the night of like Robin's parents' murder, and Batman is like torturing him basically, and wow. like he, he's. Batman is reliving his own parents' death and he's taking it out on this kid who just went through the same thing right. and he's trying to distract him from the pain by terrorizing him. Uh, and it's really disturbing right. but like kind of cool and fascinating. Right. Well, a lot of people hate it but I really enjoyed it. Sort of what happened to him, right? Is that he was terrorized by falling into the cave and sure. being scared. So. And that turned him into the bat. The bat. Uh, and people hated that run because it's basically like child abuse. Yeah, and, Frank Miller is such a like. And it's also like Batman is like psychotic in that right. book. But I liked that. I was like, man, Batman would be psychotic. It actually kind of felt more realistic yeah. to me. Where he's like, I'm fucking Batman. You know, he was it's, just nuts. So speaking of lifting from Batman, that is something I feel like they start to address in Arrow, which is like, dude, you murder people. Right. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I loved that you, in season two. You, you kill is it murder? Like, are like, and it's the show is, I feel like if you watch season one, you're like, yeah, this is a pretty cool superhero show, but didn't think about the morality of it. We talked about it though. We did because yeah. we're mature adults, but I'm well, saying some sure. people could have gotten to season two. And I, been yeah, like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh wait, I was, I didn't even think about how much fucking yeah. straight up murder this guy does. That was my favorite plot point of season two was that that thing that we'd been talking about is like, it's kind of, he's just killing indiscriminately. Yeah. Except he's not killing the lead bad guy, which is weird. He's right. like letting the businessman who paid all these people live, but killing all the people he hired to do the job. Like yeah. the actual amoral person, person is not being punished and all the people who we don't know their morality because we don't know why they're there the, the one of minions with a gun that you need to drop out of the scene right those people are he's just killing like sight on like with with no thought right given to it and in season two that's like the fallout of the end of season one where um where what's his name dies tommy dies right Oliver decides he's not going to kill anymore right and it was great it was such a cool thing and it's then, a good emotional moment yeah it's, it's and, a good use of also getting rid of a character yeah. Like you're taking Tommy off the board, like make it mean something. Yeah, totally. And he did show up in like a flashback. Yeah, thing. yeah, which is also real interesting. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Wait, no, he doesn't show up until season three. In the oh, was it season three? Shit. See, this is why I need to <laughs> wait. Um, yeah, and it, it, like I said last time, like Tommy and Laurel's story was like annoying in a way that was fun right. in season one. And then Tommy's gone and it's just Laurel. And she, to me, just became like kind of. Ugh, just like frustrating, just yeah. like not enjoyable to watch her story yeah. and not interesting. It, it was like the, to me, like there's like good, bad, which is fun to watch. And right. there's bad, bad, which is boring to watch. Yeah, th- and that I, got a little slow for me. Yeah. And I, this, it also feels not, maybe not arbitrary, but not like well thought out. It's like the writers didn't know what to do with Laurel, but she was still going to be a part of the show. Yeah. And the other thing is that I think they're specifically going against expectation. That's what I had said during right. season one that I didn't know till I had just looked it up online, but that Oliver and Laurel is like a couple. It's like a DC couple. Right. Canary and uh, Arrow, that's a DC couple. Sure. So through all of season one and two, uh, where it's like, oh, they're not going to get together. They're, at the time, I believe people were like, "That's this is weird that this is you know, a very iconic relationship among his, his history that's not coming together. Yeah. And so the way they played it to me, I would be astonished if they don't put them back together in later seasons. Right. And I would be astonished if it wasn't a thing where it's like, is it going to be Felicity or Laurel? If they don't do that, I will be astonished because it really seems like that's, what's going to happen. Introduce a female character that hangs around for more than five episodes. I'm astonished when Oliver doesn't attempt to uh, have sex with her. Yeah, well, you're not astonished often then. <laughs> um, but I did like that he. I do like that he seems to be 
willing to commit to someone like he's yeah. very willing to commit to Sarah. If he thinks season. the mission is done or if he thinks that the person is a super badass, Right. Like Sarah can handle herself. Right. To the point where he feels like he, like he, can he be can't with her. tell Sarah to stop doing stuff because there's an argument like you're doing the same thing. Right. You know? And although she like goes to be with the league of assassins at the end of the season, which I thought was cool. Like that yeah. felt like a good handoff for her. Yeah. Um, it's a good solution that doesn't seem like other times we complain about like, oh, they just killed this character because they didn't know what to do with them. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like, an, sometimes shows like this use death as a neat solution. Like Arrow has done it before. Like, oh no, that guy learned his identity. Eh, well, oh, no, he's dead. Totally. We're cool. <laughs> Smallville does that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Sarah leaving is a, like a nice change of, of that. Like she's on the shelf. She could come back. Yeah. Maybe she won't. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> she do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's a whole thing that we will not go into right now because I have thoughts about that for season three. Yeah. Uh, there was that moment where, like, Oliver tells Felicity he loves her and, like, gives her the means oh. with which to cure yes. Slade Wilson of the Mirakuru virus. It's kind of like a fake out for you, the audience. You, right. It's a, it's a, and it's a very effectively filmed, not cheated, uh-huh. well done fake out. Fake out to I the audience. I loved it. I loved it. Perfect. And it's really I good. knew that it was happening. Yeah. And they fucking tricked me twice, dude. Oh. <laughs> I watched it again. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's. It really plays on like every level. It works so and well when they the, reshow it. Yeah. Yeah. There's this moment where I'm like, they have not been developing his feelings for her this season. And that is out of nowhere. And right. I was mad at it. Right. And then you find out that it was a ploy. A trick. But it made sense because you're like, well, Slade is still fucking destroying things. What does he want? Right. Yeah. And like he knew that they were being listened to and that right. Slade wanted to kill the woman he loves. Right. So if he tells it's Felicity a, that ugh. he loves her, then Slade will go after her. And then he gives Felicity the, the Mirakuru right. antidote. It's just really they good. They flash Back really to the good first introduction of Slade where he takes the tour of the house. Uh-huh. And at the time you don't realize he's putting bugs uh-huh. on the audience. Uh-huh. You just think like, oh, this guy is waving his fucking one-eyed evil sword dick around in front <laughs> yeah, of Oliver. Totally. Like, guess what I might do? I yeah. might kill your mom. I might kill your sister. Spoiler alert, I kill your fucking mom. I know that was that nuts. Was nuts dude. That was nuts. And you know what's so funny about that is that when I saw that, it triggered a memory that I had seen that scene before. Oh, sure. When my mom was watching it, yeah. um, when, one of the times I was visiting, not and a good show to watch. Not a, I was not literally a good like, I was like, I've never mom. seen this show. Mom, do you want to watch the show? I, I, no, she she was watching it. I was just walking through the room, and it was oh, that God. scene. Oh, God. And I was like, I don't know what this show is, but I am not watching it. Like, I decided not to watch Arrow, and that's why I didn't watch this for so long. No, well, you and to- I'd forgotten, and then I got into it. And I'm like, oh shit, that's why I didn't want to watch this, this but, traumatic scene. But when we got to it, it was so. So it was a good scene. Like it was well earned. It was intense. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. I can't believe they did that. Um, I I I don't like watching a great character die, but sure. I thought the way that they did it was really be, well done. Yeah, I don't mind watching a great character die if it's got good emotional import if it's got meaning yeah and it's done in the way that is like reverent for the fact that they are killing someone the worst example of it is the way tasha yar is killed arbitrarily and i I like that though and never addressed again it's like you get you get they totally address you yeah they say like yeah data definitely banged her and they liked each other but that's it you don't have no one wrestles with her death really you know in the way that you would now it would be remiss in a show nowadays a a, a serialized show to do something like that to yar and be like whatever no one knows what happened to yar yeah i yeah that's true i i like the arbitrary nature of her death i do wish that they had developed what 
happen to everyone else more right. after game that. of thrones is the example of the arbitrary death that comes out of nowhere uh-huh. that's well done because it's like yeah the world's fucking dangerous and yeah. deadly and this person dies for no good reason and nothing good comes of it and yeah. i like that because that's very that's very nihilistic and it's a very unusually but, heavy thing for a show to do sure game of thrones also tips the scale into making that uh they what- revel in it What's the word like uh, exploitative? I sure. guess. So the example, the counter example is listen to me, uh, spin off on my <laughs> versions of murdering characters in a show. The, the flip side of that is what the Arrowverse does, which is to treat death like super casually. I know I, it bothers right. me. That's, that's the, that's the season three complaint. Game of Thrones goes like, Oh, you just kill people and they're dead and it's awful. And you do it a lot. Yeah. Arrow does it like, ah, no, we do it too, but they come back. It's right. Like, oh God. Yeah. You guys yeah. are both the worst. He's, he's only mostly dead. He's only. <laughs> yeah. Like what's a good blaze. example? Of, what's a good example of a show that kills characters in a way that like works? Cause I, I do think that Star Trek doesn't kill characters enough. And in, in, in yeah. a way that like, in a way that is necessary for what Star Trek is, which is like a seven year long exploration. Sure. Of character? Well, so, okay, Discovery is doing it, but I can't speak to it until it's finished its however many seasons. Sure. Yeah, I, Discovery is, is shit in the bed all over like, it. I, the, the, what, the, the way that Discovery has treated death in the first two seasons has been wildly inconsistent yeah. and kind of, like, upsettingly bad. But Sure. But also, so that's a bad example. No more freak show than the way past Star Trek treats death, too. You yeah. Know? Like, what, I don't, By not what treating it, it. What is a good example? I can't... It Like, what's a long-running show where like main characters are killed and it like feels resonant. It's going to be something that's not genre fiction as far as I can think. Maybe. Because genre fiction just tends to play lightly with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, or doesn't address it. Like the X-Files, it's not like, yeah, there's like death. It's indiv- It's not serialized. It's all just one-off. Yeah. People that are introduced for the purpose of dying that episode. Right. Totally. Yeah. I can't, I know that there's something. I remember thinking this, like watching a show being like, the way that they're treating death on this show is really effective. Let's open the phone lines. Uh, yeah, I call wish us we right now if uh, you have any ideas. Yeah, as to especially a genre fiction show. Yeah, that deals with death in a tasteful, non-exploitive, and dramatically interesting way. There's like some memory of something that I can't, where I remember feeling that way about a show, and I can't right. pull it right now. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, anyway, so yeah, <laughs> they killed Moira, and that was really intense. There's so much that and happens in this season. What that does to Thea is really interesting because it kind of sends her into. Yeah like the arms of Malcolm Merlin. Right, right. Which I don't think they gave enough attention to. It 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 felt a little just kind of like, boom, this is what's happening. It's another backfill justification where yeah. they know I was so they... happy he was alive that I was okay with it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I like him. <laughs> I mean, I, I think as an actor, he makes, he is very broad and scenery chewy, but also can rein it in at times. And yeah. It's, it's, he's a delight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that Felicity scene. So it's obvious that Felicity is in love with Oliver. And oh, then, right. And then she to me... She thinks that that's what's happening. To, and right, for a moment, you can see it in her eyes. Right, which is brilliant because when they when we watch it, and then when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, that's so fucked up. Right. What Oliver's doing, he has to do. Right. And it is such a fucked up thing to do. Right, like he's handing her the... The antiviral he's saying, thing. He's saying, I, don't I love really you. I love you. As but he's not, handing her this but thing. But not really. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. And then, but then you know how much she feels for him because yeah, of what happened. Right. And to me, it was really obvious that he didn't feel anything for her. Uh, yeah. And this is another season three spoiler is that when season three picks up, right. he's acting completely differently to her. And it's only been like a month or something. Well, and he's, he, I think he knows he's fucked up because it's obvious that she did feel for him. 
Yeah, maybe like maybe that's when it. Well, she's been acting that way since day one. Like she's always been interested in him. It's always she's been, been obvious. Horny for the arrow D since day one, right? But they've made it more of a like emotional thing, I guess. Because she, you know, she talks I, to about me, it, like watching him do the salmon. To that's, me, it felt like a break in Oliver's character, where it's like he didn't love this woman because he didn't need to in the story in season two. But in season three, they came up with a story they wanted to tell about him having feelings for her. Yes. So then they changed the way he felt oh, for yeah. her oh, like, the, over the season break is what it again, felt like. This is the, you're like, oh, this is the kind of thing I don't like. And they do a lot of it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Force doesn't usually make a mistake once. <laughs> I'll give him that credit. Like, do you remember Heroes? Oh, the God. show Heroes. I have such strong How, feelings like, about Heroes. Every season of Heroes was completely different, and every which character, could have been great. Like every character's like good or bad, like what like personality traits changed from season they to season. They flipped them, and they didn't even bother to explain, and it didn't yeah, matter. Like Mohinder Suresh flipped back and forth yeah. like four times. Yeah. Um, and then they finally like they flipped Siler into being good in season four in a way that was actually like really satisfying. Right. And like maybe this show is getting back on track and then it ends and it's like, well, fuck it. They don't finish it, yeah. Yeah. And then they come back with new episodes that I tried to watch and I, I didn't watch any I was of those so because... bored and two episodes in I stopped. Yeah. I didn't watch those because uh, I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be satisfying yeah. for what I wanted. But damn, season one of Heroes was an it's, event. I still think it's one of one my of the best seasons of anything. Se- yeah, because it's I love superhero stuff. It's yeah. superhero stuff brought into a real world situation. Yeah. And I don't mean it's like, they're not saying like, this is a comic book universe. No, it's like, what would it feel like as a real human being? If you suddenly had superpowers, right. And right. it was so good. Yeah. And I feel like really formative because I think a lot of the shows that came after it shows in TV, like we're living in the superhero era now. Right. I, I feel like heroes was the first of many of these types of shows. Yeah. And the tragedy of heroes shows that you should treat your writers well. And, give them the money or benefits that they are asking for because that's what killed heroes well that season two came out during the writer strike oh that's right i forgot about that that writer strike i think tanked a bunch of shows right it really fucked with lost although i like season four lost i don't care what anyone says yeah 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 lost managed but lost if heroes had been four seasons in yeah, I think it could have weathered. Sure, because then you're that just was like a fascinating then, moment. Four in seasons history. in, you're like, wait a minute, superhero shows are weird. They just, yeah. you know, that was so interesting because I've grown up with Next Generation, where the writer strike destroyed the end of season two, where like the right. last episode of season two of Next Generation is one of the worst episodes of any Star Trek. It's a right. fucking clip show. Yeah, and it's really disturbingly bad. Real bad. Yeah. Uh, but then to live through an era where all of the shows I, were, I was watching were all affected by this writer yeah, strike, it's like a storm. Like The Office was affected. Yeah. All the shows we just mentioned and many others. And, yeah. Um, was Battlestar during that time? I don't know if or if that. No, I think that was just bad on its own. <laughs> well, to see it's, how it, all these shows weathered that storm was really right. interesting. And I don't think it was part of the writer strike at all. Uh, but the community is an example of how that happens, hmm. or or how, the, how it affects the show with uh, Dan Harmon leaving. And I yeah. don't know this, but so many people refer to whatever the season they did without him yeah. as the like gas leak season, I, as if like there was a gas leak in the I, college exactly. and everyone's acting out of their minds. I totally disagree with that. I liked that season. I okay. thought it was good. I And I thought when Dan Harmon came back, um, it was still good, but then right. it gets bad under Dan Harmon's leadership. Exactly. Like the and Yahoo I, season, the last season to me is like almost unwatchably bad. I didn't bad. see the Yahoo season. There's like one or two episodes that I liked, but it's like a totally different show that they're trying to pretend is the same show. Right. And it does not work see, for, and I me, didn't for know, me personally. I, I have never watched Community with the knowledge of... Yeah. Now I you know. You watch it. It's Dan, great. No, no, no. I've seen it. I watched oh, okay. it as it's coming out, but I had no idea of like who oh, Dan Harmon was. I had zero knowledge of Dan Harmon yeah. as a person, as a creator, even if he left community while I was watching it, that would not register for me. 
because huh. I wouldn't be paying attention to the goings on right. of, of of a sort of a show that I'm torrenting. You're not that type of nerd. Yeah. I'm just, Whereas I'm rewatching Survivor and I'm paying attention to when Jeff Probst becomes an executive producer. Right. 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 <laughs> in do, season twenty something or like nineteen or twenty one. Every or once in a while, like if I watch a particularly good episode, I'll think like, oh, I want to see who that writer is. Yeah. But it's real casual. So. Yeah. So I may have also watched the Gas Leak season and been like, this is great. This is the. I liked it. Brie Larson was in it. She's, was it Brie Larson? I think it was Brie Larson. She's in all of the, she's in all of the communities. No, uh, Brie Larson. Am I saying the wrong name? The woman who played Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Brie. Is it Brie Larson? I thought. You're thinking of Allison. Allison Brie. Allison Brie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Allison Brie Larson. Allison it's like Brie Larson, it's a yeah. before and after on yeah, Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. Or on Wheel of Fortune. I mean. Yep. Allison Brie. Larson. Yeah. That's funny. Um, okay, so Arrow ends season two with Moira dead, with the city being ravaged by Miraku virus people, zombies. Sebastian Blood is killed. Honestly, the whole last few episodes were really good. Yeah. I really liked it, and Solid it really. Grundy. Oh yeah, that was weird. That surprised me. I liked that. Yeah, because that's that I only know from the uh, League of Doom on the Justice oh. League cartoon. Oh really? I Solomon only know Grundy. I only know him from some several Batman comics that I've uh, read. Yeah, it's another. Yeah. I think he's in like the what's it called, the Long Halloween or something. Oh sure, uh, yeah, like an Elseworldsy kind of thing. Uh, I think that was in a. That's a regular story. I think so. In like the pre New Fifty Two. Uh, anytime my eyes glaze over when everyone's like, yeah, New Fifty Two or the whatever post. This I struggle with that because I really love comic books. And yeah. I really love superhero comic books, and I've read a lot of DC. Yeah. Um, and there's such good stuff in there somewhere, right. but it's really hard to find, and yeah. a lot of it is really missable. That's like, what I like about Wikipedia, because now right. I just look stuff up from stuff that shows up on the Arrowverse, and yeah. I'm like, oh, there we go. And I get to see, like, th- when DC did this reboot, when DC did this reboot, when right. DC did this reboot, it's you're reading, like, nine different versions. Yeah, like, I want to go back and read, like, what is the quintessential Barry Allen stories? Like, I, And that's something that's so... Flashpoint is something that I'm interested in reading, sure. which I only learned about because they named like a season or an episode. Right. And I tried to read some, I don't remember which one I read. Uh, there was something that was related to Flashpoint that I read that was like the reboot of the of the new 52 into, right. um, into the, what's it called now? DC. Uh, <laughs> Beats the fuck out of me. Um, Rebirth. Sure. Yeah, they went from the New 52 to DC Rebirth. Right. And there was something that was related to Flashpoint that I read for that, and it was so hard to understand. Cause, right, because like, it's like, yeah. What I want is a list of, like, if I want to read Flashpoint, what are the books I should read before that? Probably too much, man. Well, I someone must have curated a list out there somewhere. They did. They put it on TV, and now it's called the Arrowverse. You just watch sure. that. Yeah, totally. Just the highlights of... Yeah. Like, I want to be able to read the comics in a way that mirrors the experience of watching the Arrowverse, where yeah. it's a new universe, where they kind of Someone know, has to come up with, like, a they reading They know guide. what you've seen yeah. and, like, know what to tell you next. Yeah. Because um, you just don't get that with... The, the continuity is just so big, and it's been rebooted so many times, and it's right. so convoluted. And not just that, but, like, they have different writers writing the same moment in time multiple times in right. wildly different ways because they want to do a different take on it. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Although what you would want is something that I will see how it pans out. I found for the cosmic universe in Marvel, which I had never been a DC person. We talked about this. I'm more of a Marvel person. I'm uh-huh. more familiar with the shape of that history of that era. But I always skip the cosmic stuff because it's like, pff, I don't know. It just seems like a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Sci-fi, hard to follow. But yeah. now I'm really curious about it. So yeah. uh, someone has this list that's like the 
ultimate comprehensive reading guide to the Marvel cosmic universe wow. that like starts in the earliest days of like sixties kind of stuff and then pops around a little bit and then, you know, goes through the seventies and the eighties um, of anything that touches the Marvel cosmic universe. Cool. So it doesn't, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And you'll get, like that. you'll get tie-ins with superhero stuff, but the main yeah. through line that's is so the cosmic. Cool. I narrative. love that. I bought Marvel unlimited so that I could read yeah. that cool. list. That fun. Guide. That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. I've been getting um, DC rebirth books from the library. Oh, that's a great way to do. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. But I did, that's how I did uh, the walking dead. That, me too. Yeah. And, yeah. I did the walking dead too. Um, I actually have a new Walking Dead to read right now. I'm, I'm so far behind. I think 15, 16. Like, like the trades? I think, yeah, and the trades. I think yeah. I barely know who Negan is, even though I know it's a huge part of the TV show. Yeah. I think he may have not shown up or is about to show up where I am. Yeah. I the- love the comic. It's the the it show too gruesome for me but the I, show was like really it. good for a while and then kind of went off the rails for me yeah i still watch it and enjoy it but it's not i don't feel like it's good anymore yeah. it's like a little too grim for its own good the comic book is too grim for me because my, my my grim tolerance is real low though you know yeah the comic book rides that line for me where it's like this yeah. is grim this is just grim enough where it's like making me think but it's but like it's not detracting from my life. Right. See, Arrow is the level of grim that I want. Arrow's pretty grim. Oh, I also just said Arrow's it just pretty like grim. The, the, Arrow. Arrow is grimmer than I expected it to be. Yeah. And it, with these moments of like utter ridiculous silliness. It gets lighter. Like yeah. Felicity is a delight in yeah. Arrow. She is. I, I just we we have to talk about this last thing that we've not really talked. We touched sure. on it, but we didn't talk Huntress? about it much because we forgot. Oh to my talk god, about Huntress! It. Okay, that and then we. I want to talk about Barry Allen in this season. Oh sure. Um, but yeah. So the Huntress oh, we forgot gonna, to talk you're about gonna, last you're season. You're gonna follow my bait. I love the Huntress. It's a great character. Great. I villain. think she's fantastic. The actor is is amazing. Phenomenal. So good. Phenomenal. I love her. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and the character is at times a little like. I think they go push it a little too far, but otherwise it feels like a great, another mirror of, of Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Another like dark mirror of right. him. What I don't and like I, is kind of Oliver gets a little cocky, morally superior to her. I know. But uh, yeah. And that's a big problem in season two. But what I've realized in season three is that the writers are doing that on purpose because they know that he is not always the yes. the best guy. Right. Like he is, he is the hero of the show and the hero of the story, but he gets questioned a lot by everyone around him, especially right. Dig. And he makes and, bad decisions. And he always makes bad decisions, right. and the show knows that. He's shitty show, for his friends. Yeah, the show like wrestles with that yeah. aspect of him. And like he's always saying, this is what we have to do, and like the show just goes along with it. Right. But then you find out later that the show's like, no, that was the wrong thing, that and we knew weird, that the whole right, time, right, right, and now right. we're going to tell you why, like how that is going to unfold in the future. And th- yeah. that's great. Like I love that. Yeah. And the Huntress is like a fascinating example of that, where he kind of creates her, right, and then sends her out into the world to do her. damage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but another I, character that Oliver just is like, yep, all she's, right. She's the cue of this show where <laughs> she shows up like once a year to wreak havoc <laughs> and it, and you love her and you just <laughs> can't wait to see her the next time. <laughs> I'm into it. I, I am so in love with how they introduced Barry Allen. Absolutely. On this show. It, that shows. And this is the first time that arrow. Cause obviously season one was gangbusters. That was the thing that I had read. It was their highest, it says it on Netflix when you go to it, but it's like, it was their highest rated program in years, not ever, but in years. Yeah. This was like a shot in the arm for the, That's clearly awesome. they've gone all in on right. Arrow shows. Yeah, no shit. So the, but yeah, but Arrow was so popular. They're like, let's try the flash. And this is the kind of thing where it feels to me knowing nothing about the high in the scenes. They're like, 
oh, I have an idea. This is going to sound crazy. What if we like just don't half-ass doing a show? What if we don't like fuck it up? What if we just like, what if we just make a good show? <laughs> this is my pitch. We could just make a good show. What do you mean? <laughs> well, like we could, we could introduce the character slowly over the series of the show that people already like, get him emotionally brought in. Like let's and like let's stay true to the characterization of him in the comic book. Yeah, you know, let's let's not like tinker too much with what's working now. Yeah, that got us to this point. Yeah, it seems like someone had a really clear vision of how it was going to work yeah. to interlock those shows together. And it and it just works so well. And I, it works so well. I just really loved it. We could look it up now. And I forget. There's a name that you see a lot, Gregenheim or whatever. There's there's uh, Greg Berlanti, I think. Yeah. So the people that are like the Paul Feigs of the right, like Andrew Kreisberg. Yeah, Greg and I, I've, I've done. I have done no. Re- there may be. I've, a thing. I've heard it called the Berlanti verse. Okay. And he also makes Riverdale. I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. He yeah he's like the Shonda Rhimes of the Arrowverse yes. I think yeah 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 and this is what I was saying when we were first watching season one is how much better DC is doing their television universe that right. it's killing it this oh one. no shit I know that they're doing their own DCU thing where like they're gonna try like and follow Doom Patrol their, yeah try and follow their own model that they kind of yeah. farmed out to CW so Doom Patrol and um what's the show with Robin on it Robin yeah Gotham no. Gotham's like its whole other thing, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like teen, teen Titans or something. Oh, Teen Titans, yeah. Is that or is it just Titans? Could be, yeah. Could just be called Titans, but it's the Teen Titans. Yeah, there's like a live action Titans show, right? Right, that's the other one on the DCU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those shows are not connected to Arrowverse. The Arrowverse, As but of, are they connected yet. to each other? That I don't know if they because it would be a mistake. swamp swamp thing too. If they do, if they don't do that as a shared universe, then it's more proof that DC does not have any business making its own content. Right. I mean the the dream scenario would be that they in Crisis on Infinite Earths they bring in like you know Doom Patrol and they bring in like Ezra Miller as the Flash from the uh, from, from the, the movies, movies yeah. or Shazam or something like yeah. they could really do that and it would be so cool. This is something that I picture happening t- like ten years from now, where right now it's like it's probably DC. Like we got look, CW is fucking making bank off of our stuff. We're probably making some of it, but what if it was ours? Right, and we had a subscription and people were paying monthly. Right, we'd be making so much more money. Right, so I feel like they want to steal the Arrowverse mojo, yeah. you know, and, and that's not going to work for them. But they have to be real careful not to kill the mojo over yeah, there. Yeah, I know? agree. And I like DC universe. I really want to watch those shows, but I'm not going to buy that app. Like as much as I want to see Sm- swamp thing and right. doom patrol and all that, I'm not going to buy the app. I might, I'm getting real close to it because, I almost, because I, I know I'm going to buy the Disney plus app because they got a fucking star Wars show. They've got like the Loki right. show. There's stuff coming out on Disney plus that I'm going to have to watch. Yeah. And now that I was they already own thinking star like, Wars, you know what? I could cancel this. I could cancel that. I could yeah. just, what, what if my streaming services were just the superheroes? Right. Like I have CBS all access and I need that now. Yeah. I could probably live with just like CBS, DC and uh, Disney. Yeah, but what about like Netflix and Hulu? Yeah, those are pretty good too. It's I, just too probably, many. Probably, and I got to draw the line from somebody. I got to draw the line somewhere, and I have to draw it at the DC Universe app. Could probably because tr- trade. If I liked reading comic books on screens, I would mm, get that, but right. I don't. I really like reading comic books on paper. Yeah, and I'm learning to like reading comic books on screen because I'm, like I said, I'm reading yeah. the Marvel Ultimate. Yeah, I've tried it. I've read some of the Buffy stuff yeah. because they didn't have it at the library. Right. I just. Oh, I did get like that was. What did Buffy make it up to? Season six, five? When did Buffy get canceled? Seven. Seven. So whatever the season eight, season eight comic yeah. book, that was one I it was read great. through the library. Oh, it was good. It was I don't really remember. Good. I remember feeling so-so about it. I got like halfway through it and then like they didn't have all of it. 
or something and some right. of it I had to read digitally and then i just didn't like i didn't enjoy the process of yeah. that i love the idea of it though yeah i want there to be like an e-reader for comic books yeah like a kindle for comic books sure that yeah. doesn't exist as yeah. of yet the um, marvel one's not bad for mobile well i don't own anything that is like I, I want something that I can lie down in bed with or like in the hammock and read a comic book. Right. The way that I like to consume comic books is like, I want to get away from screens for a while. Right. So re- my Kindle doesn't feel like a screen. Yeah. And if I want to go lie down in the hammock and read a book yeah. on the Kindle, it's it feels... Why, yeah, it's just the library. But the library is yeah. good for like, not like deep archives, but for things that are, you know, relatively popular recently. Right. If there was some e-reader that gave me the, like gave me an away from screen experience the way right. that the Kindle does, right. then I would be all about it. Cause I don't like owning physical media anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm really like, I've given a lot of thought to like what I buy and what I own. I got rid of right. most of my DVDs and, um, most of my books. I, and the only thing I kept is my comics. Like this, this wall of comics right here is oh, like, yeah. this is all the physical media that I have left for the most part. Right. I have some DVDs upstairs and like, I kept my star Wars and back to the future and star Treks and some stuff like that. Like star Trek, the animated series, I have all seven seasons of Next Generation because the version of that that's now on Netflix and CBS All Access is the remastered version. So if uh, I want to go back and watch the originals that right. I grew up with, I have them. Yeah, and like stuff like that is the only stuff I kept. Everything else, like if I could get it on a Kindle, I I did like all my books and stuff like that. that makes and sense. and all I mean I don't own a DVD player. I mean I watch everything streaming. So yeah, I. I took a huge, huge boxes of DVDs, like all my Smallville's and so much stuff, like all my Stargates. Yeah. Um, Star Trek was the only thing that I kept. I bought a DVD player recently so I could watch Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> that was yeah, easier like, than trying to find them streaming. Yeah, some of the stuff that you have to like rent. I'm watching uh, the Hunger Games for the first time. Oh, I love Hunger Games. I've been really enjoying it. I love the movie. And then uh, this was the a previous time Rosalie had a back injury is yeah. I uh she wanted stuff to do and so I bought her the Hunger Games trilogy. Yeah. And then she read it. She's like, This is really good. And it I read was. it. I was like, Oh yeah, this is really good. I just read it and then I wanted to see the movies. The first movie I was iffy on, the second one I just watched a couple of days ago and I loved it. I've been watching it with uh Alexandra who came on the podcast oh, yeah. a couple times back. Yeah. And she and I are gonna do a Hunger Games podcast when I have to watch the Mocking Jay part one and two movies. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, I like it. I liked the first one. I like the second I like the whole yeah. series, you know. I love all the books. Um, yeah, the books are real. It's real interesting. The They're, first movie was like such a literal adaptation, whereas the second was right. a little more like cinematic. Yeah, and then the then the next ones follow in with more of the cinematic. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. Yeah. And I had a dream last night that I was being driven in a van by Caesar Flickerman, <laughs> who's uh, Stanley Tucci's yeah. announcer character. <laughs> and he, I guess, I was in the Hunger Games. And he like picked me up in a van and then was like driving me <laughs> over this like rickety looking bridge in a van. And in the dream, it was a van that I used to own, where I knew that the brakes weren't working very well. That like to get the car to stop, you had to push down on it really hard in a way that like felt like you might not be able to get the brakes to work, like right, on right. an old bike or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like nervous to have Caesar Flickerman driving me in this van. And we go on this rickety ass bridge, and as soon as he gets on the bridge, he like like loses control, and we buck over the side of the bridge, and we're like falling off right. of a bridge. And I felt that like pit in my stomach, and right. then that's how I woke up. This where, morning. where were you going in the van? To, I don't know to the Hunger Games. I don't know. Like <laughs> so you just get stressed he, out being in a van. He just like picking me up to take me to like be interviewed or something. I don't know. And it was what are you doing getting into a stranger's van? Oh, because well, you Caesar knew Flickerman. Like, I, I knew who he was, but yeah, that was my but dream. Did you know he sends everyone to their death? Well, I, I, I knew it as soon as I got on that bridge. The interesting thing about him as an interviewer is that one out of every, 11 out of every 12 people he's interviewed are dead now. <laughs> 
Well, that's been your Hunger Games Minute. <laughs> well, Doug, we did it again. We did it again. So you got to get watching because I'm already a, like a whole year ahead of you. Yeah. Although I'm not watching Constantine because I didn't get really into it. And I also didn't watch the animated show. Uh, Vixens. I watched that because that was I was watching these. Uh, I was consuming these through Netflix as they came out. I couldn't find Vixens anywhere where it was easy to watch, so I just didn't watch it. It existed for a half a minute, probably on like CW Seed. That's one you can. Go. I I did get CW Seed, and they did not have Vixens on it now. Yeah, they're but they shitty. do have Constantine. They put stuff on there, and then and they take it away. It's, that's a big part of why I don't want to watch Constantine is because CW Seed was a horrible viewing experience. It's terrible. I'm yeah. watching it now. I'm like, God damn it, this is so frustrating. It feels like. It feels like I've gone back a decade and I'm watching something on an internet on the internet the hard way. Watch nine, watch 1990 Flash. That I could only find on Amazon. I had to buy it. Oh, bad. So I might just watch that Trickster episode. It was right. like three bucks an episode. Do they have a season? Do they have a charge for a whole season? Uh, yeah, but it's still like thirty bucks or something. Oh, so. that's expensive. Yeah. Um. So I might not watch that whole show. And yeah. yeah, Vixens I just couldn't find in an easy way. But there was like a short web series. In season two of Arrow that I did watch. What was the... It oh, was the, like the, Felicity yeah, working with um, Roy. Yeah, I've never seen that. That's supposed to be like a backfill. Yeah, it was it was short, but it was great. It was like just more a little bit more Arrow. It felt like deleted scenes or something. And you could like Quentin called in on the phone. And right. It was really enjoyable. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, my understanding is that it was in between episodes where there was a kind of a logic gap. And this was like a story that filled in sort of like what's been... A, what, how did these two things Yeah, connect? it was like how one thing happened. Yeah. And I think that they told it over the course of a few weeks, like in the commercial breaks of the show or something. They did that on heroes too. They had this like web series about the gypsy woman in season four. I don't remember exactly what happened, but, but yeah. Okay. So next time you and I, next time we're going to talk about flash Flash, and arrow year three, flash season three, arrow season. I may complain about, or talk about Constantine because I am going to watch it. Yeah, I'm curious. I do want to know if there's anything I should go back and watch on that. Yeah, it just I don't think it, so because it's it's not CW and it yeah. just didn't work. Yeah, it just didn't appeal to me. I I don't like shows that assume, with some exceptions, like Buffy's the exception. But I don't like shows that assume that like the Christian, like angels and demons exist in our world now. And it something about that just kind of oh. like rubbed me the wrong way. I love it. I think it's great because it treats christian mythology as that as like a mythology like yeah what if the bible was really the stuff that it says you know and it's more than what it says as well so it's like the basis of like norse mythology being used for superheroes you know yeah i liked it in buffy because it was like like buffy and angel verse it was like these are demons that are actually just like creatures from other dimensions and like all sorts of stuff right where they kind of tried to sci-fi it a little bit right but from i just did not like the presentation of the first episode of constantine of how it was working and i felt like it for me it wasn't going to be part of enjoyable headcanon for the dc arrowverse so i'm just like i probably don't want to watch it yeah and i mean knowing what i know about what happens with constantine in the arrowverse and what i've seen so far on the show they are just in name only yeah i'm still gonna watch them even though it does look too grimdark for me because i'm also like curious and i'm glad you're watching so you can let me know if i'm missing anything yeah i'll tell you now you're not just like i know that (laughs) the flash 1990 flash is fun but you're not missing anything yeah you know there's interesting things that i never would have known unless i had read stuff online about it well not knowing that that actor that plays barry's dad was the flash that makes me feel like i'm missing out no see that i knew because i was just like i think that's so cool i want to see at least an episode but like you knew that mark hamill was was the trickster right and that's like that's that's to me that's in the same level it's just that you happen to know mark hamill but like there's a detective who was on the 1990s Flash, who worked at Central City PD. Oh, really? And then 
that same actor plays that same character name. Oh my god! In Flash season one, that's incredible. But I never would have known that. There's people. There's there's. I love look, that kind of stuff. If you look online, there's like two or three people that they mention that this happens with. Yeah, and uh, I, I never would guess it, but I also don't think that's worth thirty dollars. Right. You know, but it would be worth three bucks to watch an episode. Yeah, to watch one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've decided to be a little choosy with my Arrowverse. Like, I want to watch the main shows. And I want, I kind of want to watch the peripheral stuff, but like if it's hard to find right. then it, or expensive, yeah. then I probably won't. Yeah. I imagine that we're going to do this and it'll be like, we'll watch Flash and Arrow and then it's going to be Flash, Arrow, Supergirl. Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. Which Although, I do want to see. Black Lightning is great. I just finished season yeah. two of that. And I'm it stoked is, about that show. But it is 100% outside of the DC Arrowverse. That's a show that I wanted to watch no matter what part of any universe it was yeah. from and i just want to watch that show because it looks good to me yeah. so now now that i know that it lines up in the dc arrowverse even if it's not directly related i still want to watch it right. while i'm doing this watch through and, together just because why not and well and i do not know if they will eventually tie it into like they the better CW. though yeah. they really should yeah uh what network is black lightning on cw it's a cw show yeah, they should they, yeah. they should fucking do it they yeah, should yeah. tie it in or I mean, not, e- even if it's just like tiny, minute but it's weird background it's, I stuff. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it is its own thing that stands on its own, and it's really interesting. Yeah, they're I'm doing interesting. They're doing interesting things with it that I don't know how it would. It might be diminished by connecting it to the CW Arrowverse. You know. Oh, okay. So interesting. But when you're dealing with the multiverse, you can connect things in small ways that a th- we know it is connected because it's the dc multiverse on the same network it's, right it's gonna be an earth something whether right. they show it explicitly but it would it would feel like a missed opportunity to never do listen, that a, a flash show that existed in the 90s is now part of the yeah. dc arrowverse so totally the show that's happening right next door obviously is part of it <laughs> yeah it has to be <laughs> Well, this was so much fun, as always. Thank you for coming back on the show. And then we also had so much fun talking about Picard on YouTube yeah. earlier today. That yep. was a blast. Check we've it been, out and or wait for it to show up in the feed. We've been nerding out for hours. That's a lot of nerding. I, it's been a couple of weeks because I've been a little sick, so we were like backed up with... Yeah, backed up with nerddom. Nerddom. It just all came <laughs> gushing out. Uh, do you want to plug your, your shit? Uh, I got nothing to plug. I mean, you can find me as Douglas W. Fail on stuff. I've got a moribund podcast that I always mention that hasn't had a new episode in two years. Even but you though- do have a new fan, uh, Evan, who has been a huge supporter of this show. Oh. I, I I retweeted it. Thanks, you Evan. Should check Twitter, but he's yeah. he listened to it. And he really enjoyed yeah. it. I'd say subscribe and just don't just like chill out. Like, yeah, nothing's gonna come up for a little bit, but something will come up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, stay nerdy out there. Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. If you love this podcast, help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. 